Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about inflation and your pocketbook. Joining me today is Michael Stevens. He is the president and founder of Capital Wealth Advisors. So welcome to the show, Michael. Hey, thanks for having me on, Heather. All right. That's the big story in the news for a couple of months now. Inflation, inflation, inflation. And even if people don't quite understand what that term is and what it means, they are feeling it in their wallets when they go to the grocery store, when they try to buy gas. Prices are rising at a rate that we haven't seen for 30 to 40 years. Yes, absolutely. People are feeling it. I feel like it's caught a lot of people off guard. And uh, just as you mentioned, 30 plus years, we've had this really low inflation rate. At our firm, we track inflation going back 107 years. During war times, you know, back in the World War I and the 1970s and early 80s, those are some really high inflationary periods. There's people living today that have not experienced high inflation like that. The last 10 years, the, uh, the inflation rates averaged about 1.7%. So 107-year average, 3.2, 10-year average, 1.7. And now all of a sudden, it's just skyrocketed. And like you mentioned, people are feeling it. The last numbers I had was that inflation was up, I think it was 7.8%. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, Labor Department actually released their February report saying that the consumer price index actually jumped 7.9% from a year earlier. And why that's a big deal, Heather, is because that's really the fastest acceleration that we've actually seen since January of 1982. People are feeling this. One of the things I want to discuss is just in basic terms, why inflation is rising. Because while the pandemic may have had a little bit to do with it in terms of some of the stimulus money that we got, that only accounts for about 5% of the total inflationary numbers that we're seeing, which is a very, very small amount. So maybe you can explain to us why inflation happens. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a great quote from Milton Friedman. He's a, a world famous economist. And he always said that too much money chasing too few goods. And that's really what triggers inflation. So if you have a look at what's going on, I, I almost tell people it's, it's literally like a perfect storm where we have supply chain issues. COVID was uh, something that we've never experienced before where it shut down everything in the world. And let's just use China, for example. A lot of things are made in China. 
And I'll, uh, I'll use the example even of a pencil. There are so many different items that get made in different places and then they're manufactured in one place. So you have a pencil that has a rubber eraser. Well, where is that rubber being sourced? And then you got some wood and then you have some graphite for the pencil. And all those materials or items are, are from different places. They get shipped to a place, they get made somewhere. My example of, let's just say that it's being made in China. We have these issues with factories being shut down all over the world with the pandemic. We didn't know if we should leave our house and these factories getting shut down really slowed things down. Now, the problem is, is not only did factories being shut down, slow down the production of things, but then what it did is it created a backlog of supply chain issues at ports. So for the listeners of the podcast today, really the takeaway that you can get from this is you've gone to the store and you've tried to buy something and maybe you were told, hey, that's on back order. You're not going to get that for a while. Supply chain issue is one of the things um, that's affecting that inflation, that is. The other thing, too, is I, in my opinion, is that we have a lot of overspending from the government. And what happened is, is that because we were told to stay home and not go into work, the government basically introduced a lot more money into the economy where they said, hey, we're going to just pay you to stay at home. We want you to be safe. So what they did is they, they gave us our stimulus packages. And then the other part about that, too, is that we had a lot of government spending since March of 2020 to where we're at right now. And the reason why that's a problem is because anytime more money is introduced into the market, and if you remember what I just said a moment ago about supply chain issues, well, if you want milk and it's hard to get milk, then all of a sudden that becomes an issue where you can't get it. And now everyone's got a whole bunch of money and they're saying, all right, well, I'll, I'm willing to pay more for that milk. Now, all of a sudden, inflation increases the cost of that, that milk. And this is my opinion as well, but we have the, uh, the Fed, the Federal Reserve. And this is something that might be contributing to the problem as well, is because we've had inflation for such a low period of time. Well, what happens is, is the Fed or the Federal Reserve is able to control how much money is entering the economy and how much money is being taken out of the economy. And, you know, we've all heard about like quantitative easing and, and printing additional money combined with government overspending, additional money going into the market, supply chain issues. All of a sudden, it leads us to an absolute nightmare. And that's what we're seeing with inflation right now. Talking about the Fed, because that actually kind of leads into my next question, is around 20. 18, 2019, even before the pandemic hit, there was a big push in the government to lower interest rates so that people would start buying more large ticket items, houses, boats, cars, things like that. They were, you know, we're trying to get the interest rates down so that it felt more affordable to more people. Well, then the pandemic hit and the economy kind of stagnated. So then there was an even bigger push on the Fed to lower the interest rates even further. Again, try to get people to buy stuff that, as you said, the stuff wasn't there because of supply issues. And yet the interest rates were so low that it was like, God, I've got to buy now while I, the interest <laughs> rates are low. Oh my gosh. So I, right. I feel like that is the bigger piece of the puzzle and why in inflation really started to skyrocket. And the problem is, is 
just because the interest rates lower a few times or over a couple of years, inflation isn't instantaneous. It takes no. years to catch up to yep. something that happened six years ago. We're finally feeling now. It's not, yeah. oh, we lowered the interest rate three months ago and now we have inflation. Yeah, 100%. You know, the Fed, they, they walk a fine line, I, I would say like a tightrope, because like you just mentioned, anytime that you are um, lowering interest rates, what that does is it incentivizes people to spend money because they're saying, wow, uh, this car is more affordable. I can go out and get this car or mortgage rates are, are lower. So it encourages people to spend. Um, but at the same time, when there's uh, low interest rates and there's a lot of money out there and people can afford it and the supply is good, um, that that could be a good thing. But at the flip side of the coin, walking at that tight line of the tightrope is that, you know, if, if interest rates go too high, that can discourage people from actually spending and it can send the economy into a recession. So you have that fine line where the feds are saying, what are we going to do with interest rates? We have to have a healthy balance to make sure people are spending, to make sure that the economy is flowing and that it's healthy. But again, you know, they're starting to raise interest rates right now to try to combat this inflation. And like you just said, it, it does take time. It's not an instantaneous thing, but they have to watch and walk that tight uh, tightrope because if they raise interest rates too high, we're going to have the 19, early 1980s all over again where people are not going to be spending money and it's going to send the economy right into a recession. All right. This is a great place for a break. When we come back, I want to go into that more about the Fed's just made the first slight increase in the interest rate. But this supposedly is going to be one of five or six raises in within this next year. So we'll be right back with Michael Stevens. He is president and founder of Capital Wealth Advisors. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about inflation and how that affects your pocketbook, if you haven't noticed already. I'm sure everybody has. Joining me today is Michael Stevens. He is the president and founder of Capital Wealth Advisors. Michael, in the first segment, we just discussed basically what inflation is, what can trigger it, and what's happening. But I do want to talk about what can people do to prepare for these rising inflation rates that we're going to be seeing throughout this entire year? The Fed made the first up to the rate and said that this will be the first of six more interest rate increases over this year. How can people prepare for something like that? And also, how will that help inflation? Well, let me just address that second part first. As we talked about before we took the break, is that when interest rates rise, what it's basically doing is discouraging people from actually uh, purchasing things because they're saying, oh, well, maybe I, I can't go out and buy that large ticket item. And, and hopefully what that does is it even 
helps counteract this issue that we have with the supply chain, just to try to get things a little bit more normalized. But with that being said, is that the Fed did just raise on March 16th, they went up 25 basis points or 0.25%. And what that means is that interest rates rise. And then as you've mentioned, it's going to continue where they're going to watch this, I would say like a hawk, really closely and make sure, all right, if we need to do another rate increase, they're going to do that again. So we can expect interest rates that they're going to keep rising. And to answer the first part of your question about what can families do to prepare for this? Well, um, I would always say that there's, you know, two main types of loans. And again, just before we get into these two types of loans, why does the Fed raising interest rates? Why does that help out with inflation? Well, really, an interest rate really, in a sense, is just the amount that a lender charges to borrow the money. And as we just mentioned, so when that money is more expensive, we tend to borrow less. So what we need to do is we have to say, okay, there's there's things that we need to purchase. We've got to purchase gasoline. We've got to purchase homes. We've got to purchase groceries. But if we're talking about families and how they can prepare, let's just talk about, about mortgages, for example, or excuse me, loans. Pardon me. We have fixed rate loans. And fixed rate loans are things like your mortgage. And then we have variable rate loans. And a variable is up and down. So your loan for your mortgage is fixed. It's not going to go up unless you have an adjustable rate mortgage. Variable rate loans are things like credit cards. And we might see that, you know, if you're putting money on the credit card every single month and interest rates keep going up, um, that means that your rates on your credit card might become more and more expensive. So if you do need to pay down debt, I would always encourage people to have a strategy. So what you want to do, I think, at this time frame is take an inventory between needs and wants. It's a really good time to say, hey, do I need that HBO package, right? More than I need groceries. Um, one is a necessity, the other one isn't. But if you're taking a look at your inventory and you're saying, okay, here's what we're spending on our credit card. If we have debt that we need to pay off, well, here's what I'd recommend. Um, there's two different strategies for paying down debt. One is called the avalanche strategy. And really, that's about tackling the debt that has the most amount of the highest interest rates. You're tackling that first. The other one is the snowball method. And that's just focusing on paying off the credit card with the smallest amount of debt first. So you get to choose. Do I want to do the avalanche method or do I want to do the snowball method? But with either method, you do want to concentrate on paying off just one debt at a time while still at least making minimum payments on your on your other debts. But, but we really, Heather, want to make sure that we're reducing credit card expenses, especially if they're variable rates and they're going up high because no one wants to go into retirement uh, with high interest rate credit cards looming over their head. For those people who maybe purchase all their gas on their credit card, if you're able to pay that off at the end of every single month, that's great. But if you don't, or if there's worry that maybe you won't be able to, I always recommend paying for gas in cash because there's no way that you will accrue interest on the gas that you, you bought. So that's another way is just pick one or two little items in your budget that you just go, all right, this I'm going to only pay cash for. And you know, funny about that too, just because I got back from Idaho yesterday, when I was driving down the I-15, I noticed the uh, the signs at the gas station. It said one price and then it flipped to another price. The, the lower price is the cash price and the higher price is the credit card price. And I think that 
because as a society, it's so easy just to swipe the card. We, we forget about that. Hey, if you do pay cash, you're actually going to get a better rate yeah, by paying cash. Definitely. And then there's no worry that you won't be able to pay off the balance at the end of the month and then wind up paying more for that 20 gallons of gas then it's already too expensive. Something to Correct. think about. Yeah. What are some other things that families can do to prepare for this year of uh, probably increasing interest rates? Well, just going along with what we're discussing with credit cards, I always encourage people, again, the needs versus wants. So you might want to have a spending freeze and say, hey, we don't want to use the credit cards if we're not paying them off in full every single month. And that's where you're determining, you know, and, and, uh, the needs versus wants and you're tackling your debt and setting aside cash for groceries and for gas and stopping all the spending on your cards that can help you pay off those balances quicker because you're not adding to the problem. You know, another thing that people are are looking at here is things such as mortgages. They're saying, well, should I go out and get a new home? What I always say to people is if it financially makes sense, Yes, even though interest rates are a little bit higher, should it make sense for you to get into a home? It could make sense for you, but you never want to go out and rush to do something just because you feel like, oh my gosh, interest rates are going to go up. I need to get in now. You know, about, oh, what was it, about 10 years ago, interest rates on mortgages were 6%, and everyone's like, man, what a great deal. And I remember, I remember when I was a kid in the 80s, you know, my parents, um, you know, interest rates were 14%. And everyone's like, man, what a good deal, because it was 21% previous to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, historically, interest rates are still pretty low compared to where they've been at. But what I'm suggesting to people is not go out and get something out of fear. You have to make educated decisions. You have to work with a professional that can coach you and, and help you along. But hey, if you need to get a home and interest rates have gone up, but it makes sense, that's okay. It's fine. But don't get into more debt and stress yourself out just because you're worried about interest rates rising. Yeah. And I doubt there are very few people still on the 6% interest rate, but I was one of those who had a condo and my interest rate was 6%. And I thought that was, woo, smoking hot deal. <laughs> and I, I moved a couple years ago and was able to get in. The rates were like 2.65%. Which is crazy. Crazy, insane. But yeah. if there is somebody who maybe they're elderly and just never got around to refinancing and maybe now they need more cash flow for medications or hospital bills, now might be a good time to refinance, even though the interest rates are going up a little bit. If it's still lower, like well below your the 6% or 5.5% that they were in, it might actually be okay to refinance now and then free up some of that monthly cash flow for other purposes. There's, there's opportunities in all places if you know where to look. And you're absolutely right, Heather. And some people, just because they're not constantly watching what the mortgage rates, you know, what they are right now versus what they're paying before, maybe someone's paying, you know, four or 5% and, and they're in their mind thinking, that, that's a great price because previous to that, I was six or 12, right? right. Um, you have to be attuned to opportunities. And then just as you mentioned, if you can refinance and take that additional money, that can help, help offset you know, these higher gas prices that we're looking at or groceries or medical costs, all these kind of things. So I, I think there's a, a lot of value in working with a professional 
that is keeping a focus on these kind of issues. Okay, we're going to take one more break. When we come back, I have one more question to ask, and then we'll uh, let people know where they can find you if they have more questions. So we'll be right back with Michael Stevens. He is the president and founder of Capital Wealth Advisors. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that affects your life in any way money-wise. We are talking about it. And today we're talking about inflation and how that's affecting your pocketbook and maybe some ways you can mitigate that. Joining me today is Michael Stevens. He is the president and founder of Capital Wealth Advisors. One more question for you about this inflation. We said that the Fed is now attempting to put a halt to inflation and start to lower it by raising the interest rates. But how long will it take our inflation to decline now that the interest rates are starting to go back up? Yeah, that's actually a fantastic question, but a really difficult question to answer, Heather, just because inflation isn't really dependent on interest rates alone. So for example, inflation went up last month in part of because of the Russia invasion in Ukraine, driving gas prices up. The Fed strategy to increase rates and track the impact it's having on inflation is, is what we're seeing right now. And as I mentioned, they just recently upped it 25 basis points or 0.25%. And they're really watching this, really watching it close. And if it doesn't kind of like cool down inflation and kind of get it a little bit under control, um, as you've mentioned a few times before, they're going to they're going to increase it again. So it's walking that fine line between, hey, are we raising interest rates too high? If if we do that, that could trigger that recession. Or if we're not um, raising interest rates high enough, then what that means is that it's going to allow inflation to keep going rampant. So they're they're doing the best that they can to keep that that under control. Um, there are extend, uh, you know, different circumstances that's contributing to this problem. So increasing gas prices is just one small piece of the puzzle. It's the one that most everybody instantaneously notices because as you drive down the street, you see all these gas stations with the the prices. So that's something you just see everywhere. But we've had times in history where gas prices went up, but we did not have inflation. So it isn't just gas prices rising. No. Yeah, absolutely not. And and just look at like food. Food prices were up 1% since January, and that's the fastest gain that we've actually seen in a month since the beginning months of the pandemic uh, in April of 2020. And you can also see that energy prices, they're also a huge part of the spike of inflation. Energy prices are up over 3.5% as well. So it's not just gas. There's just other sectors and, and things that's contributing to the issue. Yeah. And while the the Russian invasion of Ukraine definitely not helpful, I feel in the U.S., the rising gas prices because of the war in Ukraine, it's more of a panic thing because we only get 2% of our gas from Russia. And we've had more than 2% increase in gas prices since February. <laughs> Yeah. So another example, too, is wheat. Um, you know, and this if you're a baker, uh, you own a bakery, you're, you're knowing exactly what I'm talking about here. But about 30 percent of the world's production in wheat comes from both Russia and Ukraine. And uh, and there's been issues now that we have an issue of, of getting wheat. So wheat is becoming more and more expensive to get. And, and that correlates to if it's getting more expensive uh, for us to get, it's more expensive for the bakers. 
it's more expensive for you when you walk into the donut shop to, you know, to buy a donut. So there are all these factors, not just gasoline. Um, we have to look at kind of a big macro picture here. If people want to learn more about it, inflation and how it affects them, especially I would think like for people who are retired, again, that's one reason why I mentioned if you're elderly and maybe you haven't refinanced your home in the last 10 years, where can people go to learn more about inflation and how it affects them? At Capital Wealth Advisors, we focus on helping people overcome the effects of inflation with their retirement planning. Anyone that wants to learn a little bit more about inflation or about how we help people at Capital Wealth Advisors, you simply just need to go on retireutah.com and we have a, a great complimentary resource uh, called Inflation and Your Retirement. It's an easy download. We won't spam you or harass you or sell your information. <laughs> go and download it. Learn a little bit more about how inflation may affect your retirement and uh, arm yourself with good information. Okay, that's retireutah.com. Yes. And again, you're with Capital Wealth Advisors. Is there just capitalwealthadvisors.com as well, or do you just want people to go to retireutah.com? Oh, well, anyone's welcome to go to our website, capitalwealth, C-A-P-I-T-A-L, wealth.com. And uh, you can find out a little bit more about us and, and how we help people with retirement. And it's not just inflation. It's things such as taxes going up in retirement or having enough income for the rest of your life. There's all of these facets of your retirement plan. Inflation is just one piece of the puzzle. You need to make sure that everything's working in harmony so you can have the best retirement possible. Thank you so much, Michael Stevens. Again, you're the president and founder of Capital Wealth Advisors. And you're just helping us to walk through what we can do to help mitigate some of the rising costs that we're seeing everywhere right now because of inflation. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.